Oh my goodness. Good morning. Good afternoon. Whatever it is for you, I hope you're having a fantastic day. My name is Zach Schaumler. This is Strong Opinion Sports, episode 534. Welcome in. I love you. I appreciate you. It is 34 degrees outside, uh, just above freezing, very cold, doing well. I got good news. I finally, finally, finally have everything organized and ready to go. And after recording this podcast and uploading it, I'm heading south. Finally going through California over to Arizona. It has taken months and months of preparation and organizing, but the road trip, uh, Today will finally begin. So if you're hearing this, just know your boy Zach is on the I-5. I guess on the 5. I call it I-5. In L.A., they call it the 5. Whatever you want to call it. I-5, Interstate 5. I'm driving straight south all the way down. Um, I've got no real affinity for California, but I want to be warm. uh, At least warmer than 34 degrees. So here we are, about to head south. Uh, Seriously, hope you're doing well. It was a really, like, outstanding weekend of football. And I want to start by talking about something I found really, really funny, and that is Carson Wentz, the Washington Commanders quarterback. Washington benched their quarterback, Taylor Heineke. Uh, And then (laughs) their replacement, Carson Wentz, threw three interceptions. They lost. Cleveland beat Washington 24-10. Carson Wentz threw three interceptions, and losing, the result was that the Washington Commanders have been eliminated from the playoffs. Isn't that hilarious? Like they they made this gutsy, we'll call it, quarterback change to who was so clearly not the right guy for them, Carson Wentz. And at the time when Washington made the decision to go back to Carson Wentz at quarterback, everyone was like, that's a terrible idea. What are you doing? And <laughs> it backfired so hard. It's like, man, I oh, all three interceptions were bad by Carson Wentz, by the way, against Cleveland. Um Two were into double coverage and, like, just terrible decisions you should not make. And uh, I just find it kind of funny. The uh, the quarterback change was costly and not a good idea, clearly. And I just, okay, good luck, man. Washington is, uh, you know, I don't hate Ron Rivera. I've got a lot of, I, I, I want to say I've got a lot of respect for Ron Rivera. He's a guy who once took Carolina to a Super Bowl. He's won a lot of games. Um there's an interview circulating right now of Ron Rivera saying that basically he had no idea that Washington was at risk of being eliminated from the playoffs in this game against Cleveland. You know, I don't want to overreact and say that's negligence and say that you should know the situation, yada, yada. Like, I, I saw an argument from somebody in the comments saying, like, well, like, he, he's a coach who's trying to win every week. It doesn't really matter what the situation is. You're always trying to win. But I'll tell you what, it's not a good look that your head coach didn't realize that you were at risk of being eliminated from the playoffs by losing in this football game. And then to make a controversial move back to Carson Wentz at quarterback, it really accentuates the fact that, like, did you not know the situation? You know, it's just, I I don't know how much it matters. I haven't really made up my mind on this yet. Is it a big deal that Ron Rivera didn't know? But I'll tell you what, it certainly doesn't give me a lot of confidence. I would not feel good if I hired a head coach. And in an elimination game, he wasn't aware his team was at risk of being eliminated. It's just a ugh, not a good franchise in Washington. Now, uh, on to more news. Miami lost again. The Miami Dolphins lost to New England. Uh, so Miami's 8-8. Eight and eight. New England's also 8-8. Eight and eight. Miami, the Dolphins have not been eliminated from the playoffs yet. Uh, but currently, New England is a number seven seed in the AFC. There are three teams in the AFC that are eight and eight. Uh, my, you know, New England, then Miami, then Pittsburgh, and uh, there's only one seed left in the AFC. So it's really going to come down to what happens next weekend. Uh, if they all have the same record, the Patriots are, you know, if they all finish nine and eight, for example, the Patriots would make the playoffs. Miami would be second, and Pittsburgh would be the number nine seed, which would miss the playoffs, obviously. Um, Tua didn't play in this football game against New England. Miami's lost five games in a row, and Teddy Bridgewater got hurt. Teddy Bridgewater started through a touchdown, through a pick. He got hurt, likely has a broken finger, so they put Skylar Thompson, the rookie seventh-round pick, in, and he threw a touchdown on a pick. And I just walk away repeating something I've said before. I, I really want to do a breakdown of Tua Tungvaloa, particularly like his four bad games in December. What happened? Like w- why he kind of 
really cratered and has fallen off a cliff at the end of the year. What's gone on? Uh, but I just want to repeat something I've said before, which is Miami's got to bring in some kind of competition at the quarterback position. Like, clearly they've got a quarterback problem. They've got a team ready to win. Good pass rushers, incredible receiving, uh, incredible receivers, an awesome head coach with a good system. They got to get a quarterback who can execute. And what I saw in those four games, and we'll dive into film at some point and really uh, confirm what I think I saw, which, you know, I, I always like to double check and I'm a very slow person when it comes to creating stuff and I like to take my time. Uh, but I, I think really there were opportunities to have missed by um, with, with poor execution. So I just contend again that Miami needs some kind of quarterback and I don't think Tua's the answer. That makes me heartbroken to say I love Tua. And maybe Tua will get better. I've got an open mind. I want Tua to get better. But he's limited and not executing. I can handle Tua having a weak arm and getting hurt a lot. Not, not like that, but like, you know, he's, he's limited. I can live with that. But if you're limited and not available and aren't executing at a high level, then what do you bring to the table that's positive if you're Tua? You're short. You got a weak arm. You're hurt all the time. And you're not even running the offense very well at that point. Miami's got to get a new quarterback. So I just contend, like, I, I don't know how I made this all about Tua because Tua didn't even play against New England. But clearly, Teddy Bridgewater wasn't good enough. Skylar Thompson, you love the guy. Great backup, actually. I, I, I want Skylar Thompson to play for a lot of years in Miami. He clearly understands the system pretty well. A good backup, but he's a backup. Miami's got to bring in some kind of competition at quarterback and, uh, Baker Mayfield, maybe? Baker Mayfield would be a very, very interesting solution. I think he's more accurate than Tua. I think he would execute at a higher level than Tua. It'd be awkward. <laughs> it would be really awkward for Tua, who's under contract. But I, I would love to see Miami bring in Baker Mayfield to challenge Tua next year at the quarterback position. Uh, Gardner Minshew lost again. I love Gardner Minshew. Gardner Minshew... The mustache, the personality. He went to Washington State. I was there when he was there. But Gardner Minshew is now 0-2 as a starting quarterback this year. Um, Philly lost to New Orleans 20-10. And Gardner Minshew was okay. Not great. Could have been better. And I just, I feel um, vindicated is not the right word. But I, I came out after the Cowboys-Eagles game last week and said, look, Gardner's awesome. I love the guy. He's a backup. He's a good backup, but he's a backup quarterback. And I, I feel like that was proven once again this week as Philly lost to New Orleans. And that's an incredible football team in Philly. Like, there's so much depth everywhere. They've got two first-round picks. I'm like, I don't even know what you're going to do with your draft picks in Philly. Like, you don't really need anything. You're, you're going to be draft, drafting luxury picks at this point uh, in the first round of the NFL draft. Gardner Minshew had a lot of help around him. Great players everywhere. Still wasn't good enough. They lost to New Orleans. And, uh, uh, you know, it's just... It, it makes me sad because I love the guy. I don't like saying a single negative thing about him. But I try to be objective. I try to be fair. And the objective and fair thing is to say that Gardner Minshew is a good backup, but a backup. And uh, that's how I stand on Gardner Minshew. Despite the fact that I love the guy and he's a great story. Tampa and Carolina was basically a playoff game. It was awesome. Uh, Tampa beat Carolina 30-24. to And, um, you know, I, I thought both quarterbacks played pretty well. Sam Darnold, Tom Brady. Tom Brady played awesome. Tampa won the NFC South as a result of, of beating Carolina 30-24. to I'm pretty sad that Tampa's going to make the playoffs and win that division because I thought that, to me, Carolina's a better story than Tampa. Tampa's been there, done that. I'm kind of tired of Tampa. And Tom Brady dominating that division. And, oh, man, I, I just think Carolina's a more fun story. A team that came out of nowhere. They fired their head coach. Um, for them to have made the playoffs, it would have been cool. They obviously will not now. But I'm really curious, will Carolina keep Steve Wilkes as their head coach? A guy who has been their interim head coach since Matt Rule was fired. He's gone 5-5, five and five, which is better than expected. Uh, and it really... Being 5-5, five and five, you've won a lot, you've had good moments, but you've also lost some games. It could go either way this offseason. I, I could see Carolina bringing Steve Wilkes back and saying, we like what you did, the team likes you, let's bring you back. Or I could see David Tepper, the owner of the Carolina Panthers, saying, 
uh, I'm going to spend a lot of money and bring in a high-profile head coach. Um, but the Carolina Panthers in general, again, we'll watch the film. I don't know what the film's going to say about Sam Darnold, but it seems like they found their franchise quarterback this year uh, with Sam Darnold. I'd love to see them hire, like, Eric Bieniemy, maybe, the offensive coordinator in Kansas City. I, I don't know, man. I, it feels like they need an offensive coach to help Sam Darnold. But clearly Steve Wilkes has done some good stuff. And I, I would almost, you know, it's funny how things work out. Because if Carolina made the playoffs, I would be probably arguing that Steve Wilkes would be coach of the year. And, you know, they lost a couple games in, in their stretch to try to make a playoff, you know, a playoff game and win their division. They failed and didn't succeed. But the fact that you're only a couple plays away from being able to make the argument that Steve Wilkes is coach of the year says something to me. And it makes me just go, you know what? You, If they keep Steve Wilkes, I respect that. I, I think he's done a great job. And uh, I have an open mind about him being hired and kept on as a head coach in Carolina. The Lions beat Chicago 41-10. to And, uh... Oh, man, Jared Goff was good. The Lions look awesome. They've really made a comeback. And in the NFC playoff picture, there's only one seed left, the number seven seed. Uh, Seattle, Detroit, and Green Bay are all three, eight and eight. Next weekend, the Lions play at Green Bay, and Seattle plays the Rams. If Seattle beats the LA Rams, they're in. They, They get the number seven seed, they make the playoffs. If Seattle loses, then it's the winner of Green Bay, Detroit, who will make it in as a number seven seed in the NFC. It's very interesting. It's very exciting. I, I'm i not going to let myself hope. I'm not going to let myself believe. I'm not going to let myself, um, you know, I'm not, I don't want to make myself vulnerable to the idea that maybe Detroit can make the playoffs. But I would love, love, love to see the, see the Detroit Lions make a playoff game and uh I'm, I'm not gonna allow myself to get invested in that idea like i said but I, i'll tell you what i am rooting hard for that to happen green bay had a big win green bay beat minnesota 41 to 17 green bay the packers have won four games in a row and it's really cool the way things have been turned around in green bay they've really finished the year out strong whether they make the playoffs or not this is a team that was once they were green bay was three and six at one point then they were four and eight now they're back at 500. They're 8-8. Eight and eight. They've won four games in a row. Um, they, they just beat a really good Minnesota team. A, that's a big win for Green Bay. Keeping their season alive. That's really cool to see. And I got to add, you know, this game reinforced my doubts about Minnesota. Kirk Cousins had three interceptions. I'm like, ah, you know, I, I just don't buy into the idea that Minnesota is a contender for a Super Bowl. They're, they'll be up in the playoffs. They're going to probably, I'm sure they'll win a playoff game. Can they beat Philly? Is Minnesota really going to beat Buffalo or Kansas City or Cincinnati? I think the Chargers would would beat Minnesota. Like, I, I'm just not very confident in Minnesota. And uh, it's games like this that make me go, you know, the, the two teams that are the most suspect right now that are very talented, clearly, but also I'm like, eh, I just don't, I don't, I'm not convinced they're going to win a Super Bowl. Minnesota and Dallas, I look at with a sideways glance and I'm like, I just don't trust you. And it's games like this. It's moments like this that make me believe that and feel that way. And I'd love to be proven wrong. Um, but, you know, I, I'm just not a big, I'm not, I'm not a Minnesota believer. And that, that makes people mad, I'm sure. But it's not my job to make people happy. <laughs> and I, uh. Ugh, I don't. I'm not a big. I don't have a lot of faith or confidence in the Minnesota Vikings' ability to go win a Super Bowl. 49ers Raiders was really fun. Went to overtime. The 49ers beat the Raiders 37 to 34. Just a fun game. The story was two young quarterbacks. Uh, Brock Purdy, obviously the story in, in the 49ers um, realm is Brock Purdy, this young rookie quarterback who's now won four starts in a row. He's actually, he's not 5-0, and he's 4-0, but he basically started the game against Miami too. He, he played all but one series. So Brock Purdy, man, what an incredible year he's having. It's just a cool story, and I I maintain it would be so awesome if Brock Purdy won a Super Bowl. I just would, that's 
all I want to see happen. Like, I so, so badly want to see Brock Purdy win a Super Bowl with the 49ers and then cause chaos where the 49ers go, is he our quarterback moving forward? I guess he's got to be, right? We won a Super Bowl with him. But we drafted Trey Lance number three overall. What are we going to do? I just cannot wait for that conversation to happen. And it would be made even more interesting if Brock Purdy won a Super Bowl. Like, you got to keep him, right? If Brock Purdy wins a Super Bowl, and then what happens to Trey Lance? Do you trade him away? <laughs> does he Does he go to... What if Miami got Trey Lance? Because Miami, Mike McDaniel's head coach, the head coach in Miami, Mike McDaniel, used to be the offensive coordinator in San Francisco. He was a part of, I would imagine, the decision-making process to bring Trey Lance in. Mike McDaniel was. Does Mike McDaniel want to work with Trey Lance in Miami? I, I don't know. That's an interesting idea, though. Now, I want to give a massive, actually, just round of applause to Jarrett Stidham, the Raiders quarterback, making his uh, first start as a Raiders quarterback. Dude, Jarrett Stidham played way, way, way better than I expected in this football game. The Raiders benched Derek Carr, their longtime franchise quarterback. That seemed idiotic. It seemed like a coach, Josh McDaniels, who's had a horrible year, making another terrible mistake. And uh, no, actually, Jarrett Stidham, against a really good 49ers defense, threw three touchdowns, looked pretty dang good in this football game. I thought he executed the offense well. Took the game to overtime. Like, you know, there was a goal line stand where the Raiders got stopped on the goal line. That's the difference in the football game. I mean, really... I, I thought Jarrett Stidham gave his team a shot to win. They didn't win. We'll talk about that. You know, we had two interceptions. One was bad luck. A ball got tipped at the line of scrimmage and picked off. That's just an unfortunate play. Um, the second interception for Jarrett Stidham was later in overtime. It was a bad one. He basically handed the 49ers the win. He got hit as he threw. The ball was underthrown on a deep ball. It wasn't a good decision anyway, even if he wasn't hit. It's like, that's just not a, you shouldn't throw that anyway. Ball got picked off, returned to the goal line, 49ers kick a field goal, they win. But again, I just maintained, you know, it's it's kind of unfortunate because if, if Jared Stidham had won this game, optically the story would be, dude, they benched Derek Carr and got better. They didn't win, but they came pretty close. And I just... I don't know what to make of it. We'll see how he does next week. But I thought Jarrett Stidham played really, really well. And actually, if he does that again next week, it could be a a conversation that Jarrett Stidham is the starting quarterback next year for the Las Vegas Raiders, which is crazy. It almost makes me wish they'd benched Derek Carr a couple weeks ago so we got more time to really evaluate Jarrett Stidham. I kind of just believed he was going to suck. He did suck. He looks pretty good. And I'm like, you know what? That dog will hunt. Maybe it is an upgrade over Derek Carr. He's certainly cheaper. I don't know. It's interesting. Very, very interesting stuff. Y- you can't, you would imagine no matter what, the Raiders are going to bring in some kind of competition at quarterback. Right? They're not just going to go with Jarrett Sidham next year, but I, I, I don't know. It, it's really interesting. Whatever the Whatever game the Raiders are playing next week, it's a massive game because it's another... It's round two of an audition for Jarrett Stidham, and I, I just thought he, he played really well, and he, he played well enough to justify maybe considering... Um, it's, I don't want to overreact too hard, but for him to play that well against maybe the best defense in the NFL, it's an impressive game for Jarrett Stidham. Um, now let's talk about the New York Jets' pain, because <laughs> the Jets lost to Seattle 23-6. Mike White, the Jets quarterback, had no touchdown passes, two interceptions. Uh, Geno Smith, who was once drafted by the Jets, beat the Jets. And the Jets were eliminated from the playoffs. It's been a tough year for the Jets. They've lost five games in a row. After being in a good position to make the playoffs, they've now just cratered at the end of the year. And unfortunately, this game and this year... Really, the whole year is going to be remembered as the year that Zach Wilson failed to become the franchise quarterback of the Jets. I think that's what's—2022 is always going to be a painful memory for Jets fans. And and also, Mike White wasn't good. 
in this game that um, cost the Jets an opportunity at the playoffs. Mike White had three turnovers, a fumble, two interceptions. It's it's not great. And, uh, oh, man, I, I, I really honestly want to see the Jets trade for Derek Carr, the Raiders quarterback. Trade a first-round pick, trade a second-round pick. I don't care. You need a quarterback who can execute. Derek Carr is that guy. And uh, the Jets just really clearly need a quarterback who can uh, take care of things. And the Jets are ready to win. Like, that's another takeaway from 2022. The Jets have a good defense. They've got some decent weapons. And they're a quarterback away from winning, I believe. And unfortunately, Zach Wilson was not good enough. Mike White, I have my doubts about. He wasn't great on Sunday. And, uh, oh, man. Poor Jets fans. Now... In college football, the college football playoff was, we got two really good games. It was quite impressive and surprising and awesome. Here's something that was surprising, not a shock, but definitely a surprise. Do you, know, do you understand the difference? Like a shock would be, oh my God, I can't believe it. Like I can believe that this happened, but I didn't expect it. TCU beat Michigan 51 to 45. And uh, man, I just, it's really cool to see TCU now, they're going to play for a national title. TCU, remember they lost to Kansas State in the Big 12 championship game. So some people thought TCU didn't even deserve to make the college football playoff. And then TCU pulls off what I would call a mild upset and beats Michigan. Now TCU is going to play Georgia in the national title game. That one's probably going to be a blowout and a disaster. As I hit my mic. But man, oh man. Oh, good for TCU. So cool. And I I, I don't want to count them out. I'm sure they've got a shot. I, I'd be shocked. That would be shocking if, if TCU beat Georgia in the national title. But I, I don't, I mean, after what I've seen, I'm not going to count them out completely. But both college football playoff games were great. Georgia beat Ohio State 42-41. to the game came down to a last-second field goal. Ohio State missed that last-second field goal. So Georgia won the game. Um, you know, I got to say, Stetson Bennett, Georgia's quarterback, does not get much respect, doesn't get any hype. No one really talks about the guy. I know he's a Heisman Trophy finalist, but no one thought he was going to win. Stetson Bennett, like, the thing that just goes underappreciated, in my opinion, is that in big moments this year, all year long, Stetson Bennett has come up big in the most important moments of the year. And I thought, man, he played so well. He played so, so well against Ohio State, I, I thought, personally. And that's uh, pretty cool. So TCU is going to play Georgia for the national title Monday, January 9th. And I, I very much believe Georgia is going to win their second national title in a row. But, hey, if TCU wins, can you imagine if TCU won the national title and beat Georgia? I, it would be, I, it'd be unbelievable. It'd be so cool. And I, I'm certainly rooting for that. They are, they are David. Um, Georgia's Goliath. I don't know that the little guy is going to beat the giant this time. Seems like the Giants are the, the, the heavy favorite. Georgia's probably going to win the national title. For the second year in a row, but um, I'm 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 totally open. I would love to see TCU beat Georgia. I just don't know that they can. So we'll see. I don't know. All right, let's answer some questions. You go to patreon.com forward slash Zach Schaumler. Um, look, I, my only guarantee is I look at every single question with my eyeballs. I pick a top couple to read on the show. We're about to start doing a monthly Q&A on Patreon. It's a dollar a month to subscribe to the Patreon. Again, it gets you an opportunity to write in. I picked the top couple with my eyeballs. Pat Starfish wrote in. Honestly, kind of a rough one to start with, but Pat Starfish says, Hey, Knickknack Zach, just a short question this time. Who do you think is going to win the Super Bowl this year? Happy New Year. Pat Starfish. Um... I hate predictions. I really don't like making predictions. So, so I, don't, I don't know, man. Uh, let's say Buffalo's going to beat Philly, okay? How's that, right? I don't know. You know, both teams are loaded, Philly and Buffalo. Um, 
but I've got I've got no idea. You know, I would feel better saying Buffalo if they had Von Miller healthy. The team I'm rooting for the most is the 49ers. I really want to see the 49ers win the Super Bowl. It'd be so cool to see Brock Purdy, this rookie quarterback, do what Jimmy Garoppolo couldn't do for years with the 49ers. And then you add on the, the layer of the complication of what the heck do you do if Brock Purdy wins a Super Bowl because you just drafted a quarterback number three overall. And you're like, <laughs> we, we thought Trey Lance was going to become our franchise quarterback, but we appear to be better with Brock Purdy. So now Brock Purdy's our guy. Like, I just desperately want that conversation to have to happen. So I, I want to see Brock Purdy win a Super Bowl, and I'd love to see Brock Purdy be Super Bowl MVP and win for the 49ers. It would probably be Christian McCaffrey if the 49ers go to the Super Bowl and win. That would be MVP, but uh, oh, man, I'm, I'm rooting hard for the 49ers to win the Super Bowl. Ant-Man writes in. Let me drink some water first. My, my throat is, uh, is, is, uh, is dry. Is that the word? Got to be careful. When you say, my throat is, and then just leave it hanging for a while, you let people's minds go crazy. Um, Ant-Man says, greetings, Zach's visual spheres. <laughs> you guys are getting better at this. Uh, regarding your question from last show, from the last show, I think bringing back film analysis would help draw in a bigger audience. The first video I ever saw was your Josh Rosen film analysis. I have missed it, and I'm quite excited to see it make a return. Also, and here's why we're reading this question from Ant-Man. He says, regarding, uh, also to answer your question about how Jets fans feel regarding Sam Darnold's recent success, it may come as a surprise, but we absolutely love it. Sam Darnold was always a team guy, and he's an easy person to root for. The consensus on Sam Darnold is that he was a good guy that was dealt a bad hand. The reason why Jets fans feel different about Zach Wilson is because of his maturity and how the locker room clearly doesn't have faith in him. Thanks for the hard work you put into the show. I always look forward to it every week. Wishing you the best, Ant. Good sign-off too, Ant. That's a good one. Um, It's cool to see that Jets fans don't have hatred for Sam Darnold because I don't know why you would. He was dealt a bad hand. He had to be coached by Adam Gase and had a bad offensive line. I mean, it's rough. And I just, I really appreciate the rational thought process by Mr. Ant-Man here, a Jets fan. Very, very cool to see. Tyler says, what's up, Zach's rods and cones? What is that, rods and cones? Did I just say something horrible? I hope I didn't. Rods and cones? What does that mean? I should probably stop saying it. What if it's bad? Anyway, Tyler says, how much distance do you think is between C.J. Stroud and Anthony Richardson right now in NFL readiness, asking for a Panthers fan. I think C.J. Stroud is more prepared. Um, I think Anthony Richardson is more physically gifted, though. He can run way better. He's got a massive arm. Um, And how prepared is C.J. Stroud? I was told Josh Rosen was the most prepared quarterback for the NFL in 2018. (laughs) Josh Rosen was awful. So what does prepared even mean at this point? I don't know. Are you a confident coach? I'll say something controversial, and I don't mean to be controversial. I I don't feel informed very well on C.J. Stroud. I watched more Anthony Richardson this year than C.J. Stroud. But I'll tell you what. After Bryce Young, there are so many unknowns in this draft class, and people are going to debate Bryce Young C.J. Stroud back and forth. I don't think it's close. I think Bryce Young is way better. I would take C.J. Stroud over Will Levis, I guess. But C.J. Stroud, I don't know that he's prepared for the NFL in this way. He played with incredible talent everywhere. Like, he he had a great offensive line his entire career. Incredible receivers. Some of the best receivers in college football every year. It's not going to be like that in the NFL for C.J. Stroud. Um, is the kid who's been handed everything their entire life really ready for the real world? Or is the kid who's had to struggle and and grow and learn, is that kid more hardened and prepared for the real world? Is the kid who's been handed everything and had every advantage, is that kid ready for the NFL? Or is maybe someone like Brock Purdy, who played at Iowa State and had a lot of struggle and not as good of teammates, is that guy been through more lessons and learned more to be ready for the NFL. 
Brock Purdy played on a bad team in college football. He was ready for the NFL. C.J. Stroud, and, you know, it's not all, I'm just making an argument here, but you could argue C.J. Stroud maybe hasn't dealt with the adversity at the quarterback position that uh, is required to learn the lessons you need to be good in the NFL. I don't know. I'm I'm not even going to really throw my hat into the ring with quarterback analysis for the NFL draft this year. I I don't care. I don't know. I'm tired of it. I'm just burned out on that whole conversation. But I'll tell you what, Anthony Richardson really interests me. He's really talented, and I don't know. So was Zach Wilson. <laughs> Zach Wilson failed. So was Trey Lance. So was Jordan Love. What, what does talent really matter if the kid can't figure it out? So I don't know. I, I don't see what I mean. I just I feel so defeatist about this conversation. I'm, I'm not really um, sure where to go when it comes to college quarterbacks transitioning to the NFL. I, I feel like I've missed so many times, and... Um, I just, I don't know. I, I, I feel like I said it best last episode. Davis writes in, Davis says, as a Colts fan, even though the Colts have a stupendous quarterback roster, I'm looking at a lot of possible quarterbacks for the Colts. Colts are currently in the fifth position. I think you mean in the, in the NFL draft, they've got the number five overall pick. If you were Chris, are you trading up for CJ or Bryce or sitting at the number five spot to get Hendon Hooker? You're not going to trade up and get Bryce Young if you are the Colts. Uh, Houston has got the number one overall pick. They're not going to trade with the Colts especially, but Houston's not going to trade the number one overall pick with anybody. They're drafting Bryce Young. Bryce Young is a Houston Texan at this point. By the way, it was cool to see that Bryce Young played in the bowl game, even though he's going to the NFL, and then he went off in an incredible game. Very, very cool to see. Um, I think the Colts' best option, honestly, is... To go get someone who's already in the league. Maybe Derek Carr. Maybe something like that. Jimmy Garoppolo. The Colts have so many problems on their team. They need to spend their draft pick in the first round building their roster. A quarterback, as we've learned from Carson Wentz, from Matt Ryan, from Nick Foles. All the rotating cast of different quarterbacks in in Indy. They're not a quarterback away. They need a lot more than just a quarterback if they want to win. So I think you go get a veteran quarterback like Jimmy Garoppolo who can play and is stable, and then you try to build a roster that actually has a shot of winning. Um, that's what I would do if I was the Colts. I don't, I, you know, I, I get it. I know no one wants to miss out on an awesome quarterback. I just, after Bryce Young, I just feel like there's a lot of wild cards out there. Jimmy Garoppolo, I know what he can do. I, I think you, you bring in Jimmy Garoppolo and you build a good team around him, that'll win. That'll win more games than uh, C.J. Stroud would with a bad offensive line and no help. (laughs) You know what I mean? That's my two cents. My nose is really... I got a uh, a zit in my nose that I popped, of course, because I hate myself. Um, And then it's turned into like a scab in my nose, and it's so itchy. It's just not fun. If anyone can relate to that, I'm so sorry because it's not not at all pleasant. Jake writes in, I I love, I love, love, love the way Jake addresses me. And I, I want people to really just feel free to get as creative as you want. It's so fun. Jake says, all right, Call of Duty Zach Ops. Question for you. Chef's kiss. Incredible. The Chargers have had arguably the best roster in the league for a while. Now, I mean, Justin Herbert, Austin Eckler, Khalil Mack, Joey Bosa. James, Allen, etc. And it's been that way for a couple of years now, but they haven't had double-digit wins four years in a row. No, oh, yeah, They haven't had do- double-digit wins in four years now. They just can't really succeed, in it seems, and I can't tell why. Obviously, the staff isn't that bad given that they can build a roster of that caliber. And as we all know, the team itself has very little weak spots. Why do you think they struggle so much? Also, I changed my name back from Nathan Peterman. There can only be one Nathan Peterman, the true legend. I didn't do him right. No one can live up to those standards. Okay, okay, Jake. Um, look, the LA Chargers have had injuries like crazy. A lot of bad luck. They also have not paid for a truly great head coach. They went from, um, oh, that co- what was his name? The coach who was a running back. 
Anthony Lynn, was that his name? They, they just never get a premier head coach in L.A. They don't want to pay for one. And you say the staff must be good, because, but you, you, you're, what you're missing, the front office who, who picks the players might be good. The coaching staff isn't necessarily good. And that's a whole different part of the company. It's like saying, um, you know, the writer's great, but you're, but you're talking about, uh, how do I explain this? Um, so if you work for like a, a content creating company, I think of uh, like a magazine, there are people that sell ad spots. Their job is to bring in revenue through advertising to the company. And then there are people who write and create the content. It's like saying, you know, um, man, the writers sure are doing great. And then you're talking about the advertising. It's like, no, you're, you're talking about the wrong group of people. I don't know if I made any sense, but uh, the, the staff is not just – the coaches are not the same people that pick the players usually. So um, the staff has good and bad, and the staff, I think, that the coaching side of the staff is, is underwhelming, in my opinion, for the L.A. Chargers. But um, I think Brandon Staley is going to keep his job. And I, I really like Brandon Staley. I feel like that needs to be said. I feel like I just made it sound like I hate the guy. He's awesome. And I, I, as a person, and I love his approach, I'd love to play for him. So we'll see. Troy writes in. Troy says, Hello to the all-important Zach's eyeballs. That's, an, that's a solid one, too. By now, I'm sure you've seen the Derek Carr news. So I come to you with a question. What teams would you like to see him on? Realistically, I'm thinking Colts or Commanders, but I want to hear your thoughts and hope you're doing well. Am I doing well? No. No, I'm not. But I'm trying. Um, Derek Carr, I want to see him on the Jets. Uh, he's probably going to go to Indy because they've got the number five overall pick. And Indy's dumb and impatient. They're probably going to trade the number five pick for Derek Carr. Please, I hope that doesn't happen. I want I want the Colts to get Jimmy Garoppolo, honestly. Um, I want to see the Jets trade their first round pick to get Derek Carr. That feels like a good trade where everybody wins and... I think the Jets are a quarterback away from making a playoff appearance. And, oh, it's so, so disheartening to see um, the Jets lose five games in a row at the end of the year. Zach Wilson is not their franchise quarterback. They need a quarterback. Derek Carr is the right guy. And I think Derek Carr absolutely would help make the Raiders a better football team. Sorry, make. Oh, 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 I said that backwards. I think Derek Carr would absolutely make the Jets a better football team. He clearly couldn't make the Raiders a better football team. Oh, it's unfair, but it's also true. I don't like it. I don't like it. I don't like how accurate it is. It hurts, and it feels wrong, but it, they lost a lot of games. And We'll dive into the film. Who knows? We'll see. Brandon writes in on Patreon. Brandon has a question that I, chef's kiss, I absolutely love. Brandon says, hey, Zach, you talked last episode about scouts not being able to scout quarterback talent with Brock Purdy being a seventh rounder and Zach Wilson being a bust as a number two overall pick. On that topic, I'd like to say I think it's good for football to have analysts not know what they're talking about. And I love where he goes next. He says, It allows a good fluctuation of new quarterbacks in the league every year, along with new starters, not to mention the drama that comes along with over and underlooked players. If every team knew the very best player from college, regardless of division— and scouting reports, you'd have starting talent quarterbacks never making the league because every team would have the franchise guy for the next decade. It sucks for teams to have busts, but for continuity of old and new players, it's for the best that people suck at their job. Sorry for the long-winded comment, but that was my two cents on the dollar I pay for Patreon. P.S. I'm upping my subscription to help you out. I've watched you since you started around episode 10 and saw you progress and feel like you're a long-distant brother or cousin with how long I've been watching. I want to help as much as I can financially because I feel like, as a community, if we all pitch in more, we can get the content we want and you can be happy. $5 means nothing to me, but if the whole Patreon community donated $5, I feel your standard of living would skyrocket. Love you, Zach. You're the best, and keep your head high. Brandon, kind words. Thank you very much. Um, I just thought you had a cool perspective. <laughs> like... It, it does suck for teams that there are players like Zach Wilson who fail. Or even Sam Darnold. But doesn't it create better storytelling and drama 
Brandon, that's a great perspective. You're right. Having guys like Brock Purdy come out of nowhere and be surprised is are fun. Having players like Jordan Love have weird middling careers. They're like, what's he's a first round pick, but is he ever going to pop and be good? Having players like Mac Jones be highly touted and then average. Have players like um, Patrick Mahomes surprise people. Trubisky, like you're right. All these quarterbacks, what what feels like a just total roll of the dice to see whether they're going to succeed or not, it creates really compelling, interesting storylines. And so, um, Brandon, I am going to agree with you. It's for the better of football that people have no idea how to evaluate college quarterbacks and project how they will do in the NFL. You're right. It does make the NFL more interesting and better and more fun because you get stories like Brock Purdy. You get stories like Zach Wilson who fail, and I still watch that. If I can come up with any reason to get me to watch, that's awesome. And the lack of reliability when it comes to team scouting quarterbacks makes the NFL more interesting to watch. So, Brandon, round of applause. What a great, great perspective. Jared writes in, Jared says, Hello to Zach's vision cones. I love that one. Listener since 2020, patron since now. First of all, thanks for all the content over the years. This easily beats out mainstream media in terms of football content. Anyway, my question is a bit broad. When would you consider a bad franchise no longer a bad franchise? As a Bengals fan, I've had to deal with us being told we'll never be good enough to contend yearly. And with these past two years, I feel like I'm in dreamland. Sure, a lot of it is hitting on draft prospects, but with Zach Taylor improving as a coach and lots of organizational changes such as adding a ring of honor and the ruler of the jungle, feels like we're not just an afterthought anymore. And with the Jaguars being my number two team, it seems that they might follow a similar path soon. I guess my question boils down to whether you believe in the changes the Bengals have made. Are we, quote, a good organization yet? Also would love to see... Would love to join the fantasy league next year. Happy New Year. Hope it treats you well and be safe. I'm going to focus on your original question. I, I do like what the, the Bengals are doing, but um, when would you consider a bad franchise no longer a bad franchise? I've, I, I, I went down a rabbit hole really thinking about this because, for example, being in playoff contention is not enough to be no longer a bad franchise. Washington, I would say, the Washington Commanders are a terrible franchise. And they, up until the second to last week of the year, were a borderline playoff team, right? right? Cleveland made the playoffs like two, three years ago. They're still a bad franchise, so not even making the playoffs is enough to remove the stink of being a bad franchise. What makes you not a bad franchise? It has to be... When you make the playoffs more than once, when you make it a repeatable thing, even bad franchises like Cleveland can have a great year. Um, not very often, but it happens. Teams like the Commanders can fail their way into contention. But when you have multiple years of winning, multiple years of being in contention, playoff appearances, that's the mark of a good franchise. When you are consistently a good franchise and consistently winning games and in the mix every year. That That's how you know you're a good franchise is when you're in the mix and you know, hey, did the Cleveland Browns fans really know whether their team is going to be good or not? They hope their team is going to be good next year. Year two, Deshaun Watson. But you don't know. And, and Bengals fans, I think, can sit at home going, our team is going to be good next year and in the mix. And that's because... They're no longer a terrible franchise. Well done to Cincinnati. Um, a bear writes in. I think it's the last one of the day. A bear says, "Oh, it's a long one, but a good one." A bear says, "Hey, Zach's eyeballs." I wrote in a couple weeks ago, challenging you on a couple takes you made. I want to say I think you were mostly right on all three of these counts. I went back and watched Kirk Cousins versus the Jets. And I see what you were saying about him being unable to make plays when he's under consistent pressure. Thanks for responding to my challenge seriously and not dismissing my question. On another note, I would really like it if you did a weekly podcast with focusing more on Patreon questions because you'd only have to cover the news that your viewers really cared about. And I think I speak for many of us when I say film analysis content is what got me into your brand originally. 
I would love it if you did more of this offseason, but ultimately, I want you to do whatever works for you, and it hopefully makes you enough money to continue giving us this great content. I don't have a question this week. I just wanted to write in to give you feedback. I texted you months ago, but whenever you get to Denver, I'd love to meet you and maybe come on one of your shows. Thanks, Zach. Stay safe out there. Thank you, Abair. I, I appreciate that a lot. You're awesome, man. I, uh... It's 3.29 in the morning right now. Um, I, I've been doing Strong Opinion Sports for five years. I started the show August 31st, 2017. It's now 2023. <laughs> uh, more, more than five years now I've been doing this podcast. It's, it's incredible. Um, I think this is going to be a memorable topic and a memorable memorable episode. And I, I think this show went pretty well today. I, I did a show today with very little preparation, mostly just me rolling uh, with my emotions and saying what I thought. Very reactionary. Um, it's still me, but I, I don't feel like I was very thoughtful. Uh, and that's not bad. I, I certainly hope people enjoyed it. I, I, I mean, there's a reason I, I did this episode. I did this episode for me, and I did this episode for people who like the show. Um I want to start by apologizing. Um, I know what I'm about to say is going to upset some people. And this is going to be messy. I've got, I've got three pages of notes here. It's uh, kind of a, a scatter shot. I'm going to let it be messy because I really want to um, just open it all up. Um, but I have to take care of myself. I, I have to um, pay my bills, take care of my mental health, um, actually get a good night's sleep for the first time in five years. I should take my glasses off for this. Let's do this without the sunglasses. Um, I'm going to make Strong Opinion Sports a YouTube channel and focus fully on doing film analysis. I'm, I'm in survival mode as a human being right now. Um, I'm in debt. I'm behind on payments. I... <laughs> I, I live in a vehicle <laughs> uh, and at this point I do it out of necessity now it was a fun idea that's turned into like I'm, I'm barely surviving and I need to make a change and I need to make hard decisions and, and maybe kind of grow up a little bit and so my response is to um, dive deep into what I think I do best and what I do that's most unique and I'm going to Going a whole diatribe in a second. Diatribe's the wrong word. I'm going to really break down my thought process, why I'm doing this change. But I want to just make up one thing very, very clear. I, I just want to say thank you um, to all, all the people who, for the last five years plus, have watched the show, listened to the show, supported me on Patreon. It's uh, This was a, a decision I, I thought about a lot, um, and I, I, I hate making people angry. I hate letting people down. Ultimately, what I what I landed with when I was journaling and trying to think about this is I, I actually have to do what's best for me. Um, but I, I just want to say, again, thank you for watching and listening. I, I really... Oh, man. it's I, I honestly think my favorite thing about Strong Opinion Sports is the like network of people that I've gotten to touch with across the country. And there are so many cool people, not just across America, but across the globe who listen in other countries and even Saudi Arabia. Like what the heck? That's so interesting and cool. And I just want to say thank you, man. If you, if you watched anything or listened to anything I made in the last five years, man, oh man. Um, I'm, I'm so grateful. And I, I really, I hope that where I leave things after this episode, the legacy of this show is that, hey, Zach worked his tail off. He had a good attitude. He was entertaining. Um, and I, I have no anger in my heart. That being said, this is my Hail Mary attempt. It's my last idea I have to try to save my career as a content creator. Um, I'm, I'm, down bad and, and I'm I'm honestly pretty discouraged um 
I'm eyeing the Air Force, actually. Like, maybe I'll go into cyber warfare and do computer coding for, like, four years in the Air Force and get out with the GI Bill, go back to college. I, I've looked at all kinds of options. Like, what could I do to have a good enough job to, like, really be an adult and have my own place and maybe have health insurance someday? Um, I I have enjoyed making Strong Opinion Sports as a podcast so much. Let's be clear, by the way. The current plan is I'm going to go all in on film analysis videos. Like, Strong Opinion Sports as a brand and as a YouTube channel is going to exist, but it's going to be a YouTube channel and not a weekly or multi-weekly, you know, I guess is that... Not a podcast that I, I sit down and record multiple hours of myself talking into a camera and into a microphone every week trying to break down all the news. What I'm going to do is a monthly Q&A for Patreon supporters. A, I, I just, I like doing it. I, I don't want to totally abandon doing any kind of podcast. I, it's basically going basically to turn Strong Opinion Sports and do a YouTube show with film analysis and then a monthly podcast answering questions from Patreon. And I, I allow myself, as I hit my microphone, sorry, I allow myself the freedom to, if I have other ideas, I'll make other videos. But I want to make one-off videos and really be a YouTuber. Um, and I, I'm really afraid I'm going to fail. I mean, I already am failing. Um, I'm, I'm just not, I'm, I'm not making enough money. I make less money than if I made minimum wage right now. And I'm, I'm working like way more than uh, is, I think people would even fathom. I want to go down swinging and I, I want to do something I believe in. Um, like something I really believe in. If I fail, I want at least be able to say, I made something I was really proud of that I think was awesome and I did everything I could. Like I fought tooth and nail to survive. And um, following the news cycle is something that I, I don't think I can keep up with. I mean, my content is always late. How many times have I put out a podcast on Thursday about Sunday? That's just not appropriate. Like, people don't want that. And I want to be thoughtful and intentional. I love taking my time and really sitting and pondering and thinking about stuff. And the reality is that to cover news, um, you got to have reactions and you got to be first. And um, that's just not me. I don't like rushing out content. I don't like feeling like I, I'm not taking my time and really sitting and pondering a topic. Um, I, I that There's a market out there for that. Look at Stephen A. Smith. Look at ESPN. Look at... And I don't, I don't want to be ESPN on YouTube. I want to be Zach Schaumler, and I want to be thoughtful and creative and take my time. And um, Focusing on film analysis is such an exciting thought. You know, a couple of years ago, I, I really, I think, kind of took off with film analysis. I got a lot of subscribers on YouTube, and people started watching that a lot. And then I made a decision to focus on the podcast and not film analysis. And I think I probably chose the wrong thing. Uh, there's reasons for that I've talked about before. I'm not going to get into here why I chose the podcast and not film analysis. But at this point, I'm like, look, uh, I, I have failed at what Strong Opinion Sports currently is, which is a, a news opinion show. And that's on me. Like, I, I haven't done good enough, and I uh, I own that, and I would never do anything but accept responsibility for that. Um, again, to, to talk about stuff that happened on Sunday, on Thursday, it's just too late. Um, so I'm going to focus on what makes me really unique. You can get a podcast breaking down sports news from so many places. There are so many places that do that. Um, I think there's only one way to get Zach Schaumler film analysis, and that's that's from me doing what I do. And what I, I, think, I, I think I'm really good at it, and I really enjoy it. Um, and I've never allowed myself the freedom to just do that. I was always too scared to, and it always felt impossible. And, and now that my hand is forced where like, look, I gotta, I gotta make money. Like I have to survive. <laughs> Let's see if it works. I, I think, uh, I, I'm actually really excited to be kind of a true YouTuber and not trying to do all this other stuff. And I'm really going to narrow the scope of SOS and make, I, I think 
really awesome videos that are solely focused on one thing at a time. And, um, you know, I'm just going to go all in on what I think I do best, which is make film analysis. And I, I really, really do enjoy that process. And it'll be nice to be making film analysis and not also be trying to keep up with the news cycle and making a, a sports weekly podcast at the same time. Um, I want to be clear about one thing. No matter what happens in the future of my life, what, you know, whether I um, change careers entirely and, and maybe content creation isn't going to be my full-time job in the future, um, I'm always going to make content. Like I, I just, that's who I am. That's what I do. I, I love doing it. It's even if it end, ends up being a hobby, like I, I just will always make stuff. I just, it's who I am. I, I just have always enjoyed making stuff. Um, and I, I'm not going to lie to you. There, there's some relief about not having to keep up with the news cycle and trying to keep up with everything and trying to comment on every little story. Um, again, I go back to, if you want a news show, man, there's so many out there. I, I grew up listening to Colin Cowherd on the radio. He was a huge inspiration to me. I loved Colin Cowherd. And uh, it's it's interesting to me. I haven't listened to him for years. I haven't listened to Pat McAfee for years. And actually, like, it's kind of a, a cool thought to be able to enjoy the thing I, I used to enjoy. Like, if I step back and just focus on film analysis, um, the reason I didn't watch Colin Cowherd or Pat McAfee or any of that other stuff is because I, I didn't want Strong Opinion Sports to be influenced um, by them. Like, I, I would get accused, you're copying, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, well, if I don't listen and then I get accused of copying, at least I know I'm not copying anyone else. This is my, truly my own ideas and my thoughts. Um, and to kind of step back and be a fan of sports again and not have it be my job, uh, where, like, to watch the Super Bowl, and I'll probably do a, a film analysis breakdown of the Super Bowl. Well, that's it's a bad example, but... Um, I don't know, to, to not have to be up sports uh, constantly. It, it just, it'll be fun to like be a fan again and, and really get to do what I think is fun is make film analysis breakdowns. Um, I don't know. I, I, I love podcasting. It's really fun. Um, and I, I really do want to leave the door open. Like I, I'm not going to make any grand statement and say, I'll never do a podcast ever again for strong opinion sports. No, I see a world where someday I go back and do a strong opinion sports podcast again, like as a, as a truly like podcast and not just a YouTube channel. Um, I don't know if that distinction is clear. Like putting videos on YouTube is not the same as sitting down for an hour and talking about the news. Do, do you understand the difference? Um, but I, I'm back into a corner, man. I'm in debt. I'm living in my car. I, I, it's time for me to admit that it's not working and I got to make a change. And uh, honestly, it's kind of an exciting thought, this final Hail Mary that I think could work. Um, so SOS is now a YouTube channel and not a podcast. Um, again, I can always go back someday and try it again. I really do think that maybe someday film analysis takes off and I've got capital and I can hire some help and an editor and maybe then I have, I'll have time and energy and resources to do a podcast. But even if I did, I'd want to do it differently because I just don't want to be, I, I really am not comfortable just saying stuff. I really try to be thoughtful and take my time. And I think that's what always made me unique. But I, I also know that um, my, my desire to take my time made it so that Strong Opinion Sports as an idea, a, a news coverage show, didn't work. Because, like I said, by the time I'd figured out what I wanted to say, people had moved on from what had happened. So, um, I, I really did my best. Like, I, I really did. I, I've been trying all year. Really, it's it's been... I feel like things really started in 2020, um, struggling, and then this year especially, like... Do, I don't know if anyone knows about my personal life. I was engaged. I lived in Hawaii. I don't, I'm not engaged. I don't live in Hawaii. I live in a truck. Um, I, I just, I've seen my life falling apart more and more around me. And I've been trying to just ignore it, ignore it. And I, I okay, I don't have money for this. I'll just pay off my credit card. And like, I, it's not working. Like, I'm just, I'm in debt. It's going badly. And so this is the last idea I have, like to, to make film analysis videos and do the thing I know I, I'm, I'm really good at. And I think that people want for me. Um, 
And it, it's it's all I got left, man. It's the last trick I have up my sleeve. I'm going to remove the restrictions. And, uh, you know, being a creator is awesome. Like, I'll, whether I, again, whether this is my job full-time or not, long-term, I don't know. I'll always be making stuff. But I know that I've been making it harder um, and doing it in a way that limits creativity and freedom. When you're like, hey, you have to make an episode every week about this and news and no, 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 I, I want to like really just take my time and make something awesome that I think is really cool. And I look in the mirror and I'm like, that stuff is awesome. You didn't rush it. You took your time. It's a beautiful little film. I, I really look forward to that idea. And um, I really think that what's next is going to be awesome. And if it fails, I'll, I'll do something else. I have confidence I, as a human. Like I'm, uh, I, I work really, really hard and I can succeed at something else. I, I'm really confident in that. And I do, I really truly believe that if I do another job to like pay my bills, I'm still going to make film analysis videos because that's just fun to me. It, it would become a hobby, which is actually a relief. Um, it's so hard. Like there, there isn't really a, I'm rambling now. I recognize that, but it, I, I really hope people understand that when your, your hobby becomes your job, it, it does remove a lot of the joy. And when, um, you know, I, I feel like there has been so many moments in the last couple of years for me as a creator where I've been making content because I think it's what people will click on. Uh, and, and not because it's what I think is awesome. And like I said, if I'm going to fail, I want to fail doing something that I think is truly awesome. And um, I just I just know the things in my head and the film analysis stuff is going to be really, really cool. And if it doesn't work, at least I can say, but that's that's really cool stuff. It's not just a guy talking in a car about sports. It's like really beautiful and fun and entertaining and interesting and insightful and it teach people about football. So, um, I'm, I'm really, I'm, I'm running out of stuff to say, but, um, it's bittersweet. I, I, I don't really want to end this. I was really nervous about this episode cause I knew that I was going to do like a short episode about strong, you know, a stro- normal strong opinion sports episode and then drop kind of the, the hammer and, and make an announcement at the end that I'm, I'm, I'm walking away from doing the weekly podcast. Um, it's been so fun, man. And it's been up and down. And I, I hope someone just goes back and clicks on a couple episodes from the past and sees like my progression as a human, because it's been five years of my life and it's, I've really changed a lot in good ways and bad ways. And, uh, oh man, oh man, I'm, I'm grateful for the journey. I'm grateful for what's happened. Um, and so thank you so much guys. That's all I have. Episode 534. Um, the next episode, numbered episode, quote unquote, is going to be a a monthly Q&A for January. We're going to do 12 episodes of the, quote, podcast a year doing Patreon Q&A stuff. Assuming people even say supporting me on Patreon. I, I, I could see it. It's very possible that a lot of people leave and are just not down for that. Um, and to the people who there are about six to 10,000 people that listen to every episode. Um, to you guys, man, uh, I love you so much and I'm, I'm grateful and I appreciate it. And, um, I'm sorry to let you down. I know that people want the podcast. Um, but I, like I said, I have to do what's best for me for like my finances, my mental health, everything. Um, and, and right now that is not to do a podcast. It just feels like I'm, um, like climbing a mountain and I just keep sliding back in the mud. You ever, I, I love Zelda Breath of the Wild. It's a great video game. In that game, you can try to climb when it's raining and you just, you climb up a little bit and then you slide and you lose all your progress. I feel like I've been doing that, making the podcast. Like I'm just not going where I need to go and I'm not getting any ahead anymore. And um, I'm, I'm certainly not making enough money and I'm not like I'm greedy. Like I really like, I'm, I, I owe so much money. I'm like so behind and I, I'm, I'm at, a, I'm at a crossroads where like I have to make a change. And so um, I'm sorry to let you down. And I, I appreciate you greatly. I, I hope you stick around for what's next. I think what's next is going to be really cool. And so I love you. I appreciate you. I don't know how to end this. I really don't. Um, I don't even really want to. It's it's so fun to, to sit and talk. And uh, I will say that I don't like putting all my eggs in one basket. So... Um, you know, 
Zach Schaumler talking. My podcast not about sports is probably what I'm going to do na- next. Um, you know, I'm going to do film analysis, a monthly Q&A for Patreon for Strong Opinion Sports, and then also a probably a weekly show where I sit down and just talk about how my life's going, what it's like to live in a truck, the road trip, which I'm starting today. Um, but what I really don't want to do anymore is content that has a shelf life that's so narrow. You know, I it really sucks to put a ton of work into a massive podcast episode that about two days after it comes out, no one wants to click on because it's about news that's outdated. So I want to make content from here on out that um, hopefully six months from now, you click on, you look at it and you go, that's still interesting. I'm going to click on that. I'm going to watch that. I'm going to listen to that. Um, I think, you know, doing a podcast about my life isn't time sensitive. It's not about news. It's about me doing film analysis videos. That's stuff that, you know, a, a Davis Mills film analysis, if it comes out in January, is still interesting in June. Um, so that's my plan. Um, I don't even know what y'all are thinking, but I know what I'm thinking is um, I'm a little bit afraid. I'm also a little bit excited. I have a lot of relief and I, I have a lot of, it's bittersweet. I, I really had a good time doing this show. Um, and I hope I hope my plan works. I, I don't really want to join the Air Force, man. Um, I, I hope I don't have to. So, hey, I hope you watch my film analysis video so I don't have to join the Air Force. I love you. I appreciate you. I'm lingering now because I don't want to say goodbye. I love you so much. Thank you so much. Have a great day. And uh, ba-dum-bum-bam, we are. Oh, 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 before I go, let me just say some of the highlights of, of my time doing this, by the way. I interviewed Keaton Slovis, who was a quarterback at USC on this podcast. I interviewed fucking Ryan Leaf. What the hell? That was so cool. I interviewed Ryan Leaf on this podcast at one point. Um, a lot of big people have reached out to me over my time. Mike Leach watched my Gardner Minshew film analysis. That was crazy. May he rest in peace. Um, and I once made a video about Jamal Adams that he liked. And he told me he agreed with me and said I was right. <laughs> I don't know. Being a creator's weird. I uh, thanks for supporting me, and uh, oh man, with gratitude I say, have a great day. And uh, but um, boom, bam, we are done. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know what to say now. Thank you. <laughs>